Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, as Pastor just said, you know, we are continuing our Becoming series. And I want to just tell you, as one of the pastors in this church, our prayer, we pray for you guys all the time. And whether you're watching online or you're here in person, we pray for you all the time because we want to see God do the good work that he prepared in advance for you to do. We want to see you walk in that. We want to see you become the people of God that he has called you to become. And I, I believe that, that today's message is so important in that because when we learn how to receive the love of God, I believe that we're able to give the love of God. If you don't, if you don't receive the love of God, then you won't be able to give God's love. And last week, Pastor talked about how we, we love one another, and he talked about the, the, the 360 degree angle of our love, how it's supposed to, we're supposed to love our family, we're supposed to love our enemies, we're supposed to love our friends, we're supposed to love people that think differently than we do. We're supposed to love all people, right? Amen. We're supposed to love all people. And today, I want to talk to you about how we actually are enabled and empowered to love all people. And it's by remaining in God's love. The title of the message today is Becoming as We Remain in God's Love. And I want you to open your Bibles to the book of John. We're going to be reading there in just a moment. But, you know, when I look out at our world I see a lot of craziness. Anybody else see anything that's a little out of the ordinary? I see a lot of craziness, and, and what I see is a lot of brokenness and a lot of hurt. I see a lot of people that are confused, and I see a lot of uh, things that don't really make sense. And you know, you know what it reminds me of is it, what it looks like is that when we look out at the landscape of our, of our nation and of even our world today, what I see is orphans. People that don't know that they have a father. People that don't know how to receive love from God and so they, they try to find it in, in, in this thing or in that thing. They try to find it by, by being attached to this group and they try to, try to change their identity to be a part of this group so that they can feel, belong, so that they can feel like they have a sense of belonging. But God, he's not looking for us to attach ourselves to other people, he's looking for us to be attached to him. Amen. You know, when, when someone doesn't know that they're loved, they act crazy. And that's what we see today. And I, you know, if we're not careful, even as the church, you know why the church is acting crazy? Because they don't know how to receive the love of God. They don't know how to remain in the love of God. And so the challenge for us today is to obey God and say, God, you told me to remain in your love, and that's what I'm going to do. 
I want to read from a passage in, in John chapter 15. And to give you some context, Jesus had been with his disciples, his 12 disciples, uh, and he'd been ministering with them. And it's getting towards the end of his ministry when he was going to die on the cross and when he was going to be resurrected to heaven. And Jesus is giving them kind of like a, a final a message, a final sermon, a final teaching to, to give them what they need so that they can be equipped when he leaves. And, and what he says to them, as you can imagine, is they're very sad. And he says, don't be sad because if I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. And when my Holy Spirit comes, it'll be better for you than even me being here physically. His disciples didn't quite understand that, as, as you might be able to imagine. And they didn't know what to make of that, but Jesus began to explain to them, and he gave them this, this picture of, of what it looks like to live life in the Spirit. And he said, what I want you to think about is, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and that's where we find ourselves. He's got this illustration in this, this word picture, and I want to read it directly from the text. And so if you'll, if you'll turn to the screen here, we're going to focus on one verse from this passage, but I want you to have the context of what Jesus is saying. And it begins in John chapter 15, verse 4, and it says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't do much. No. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And here's the passage that I wanna focus on that's gonna help us to become who God's called us to be. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Jesus, if what you said is true, then it's gonna change everything about our lives. And so, God, right now, we just, we lay everything down. I just pray, Lord, remove all distractions, remove all the hindrances that might, that might be keeping us from being able to hear you, oh God. Lord, whether people are watching in their homes or they're here in the building, we just pray, oh God, Lord, open our hearts to be able to receive a word from your spirit. Lord, apart from you, it's just words, oh God. But today, we ask, oh God, Lord, that you would speak the living word. We want to hear your voice today. We want to be with you, and we want to meet with you so that you can change us. So, Father, we receive your word. We apply it to our lives, and we ask you, Holy Spirit, 
to uproot anything that you wanna uproot, to break down anything that you wanna break down and to cast out anything that you wanna cast out. And Lord, to fill any place that you wanna fill. Holy Spirit, we ask you to do it. We know that you wanna do it, so we believe that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Becoming as we remain in God's love. I want you to, to understand that the, the thrust of this verse is very, very simple. And you know, the Bible talks about how um, when sometimes when you read the word or when you talk about spiritual things, sometimes it can be hard to receive and understand them. And the reason is, is because we're listening with our mind and with our intellect when God is asking us to listen with our spirit. Today is a message that I... I want you to open up your heart because you have to hear this with, with spiritual ears. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God is asking us to remain in his love. And, and the first thing about this, this verse, if you could put up verse nine, he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And here's, here's what I wanna point out and, and show you from this text. God is giving us an invitation to receive perfect love. Receive perfect love. Has anyone ever been in a bad relationship? You know what, don't raise your hand. Um, and especially if that person's next to you, don't, we don't, uh, we've, we've probably all been in a bad relationship. You know, maybe, uh, maybe it was, um, you know, uh, uh, someone that you dated a long time ago and you think about that, you're just like, wow, what was I thinking? Or, or maybe it was, maybe, you've, maybe you're, you had a rough relationship with your parents. Maybe when you think about that relationship, it just brings up all sorts of hurt and pain. Maybe it was with a sibling. Uh, maybe it's, it's with your current spouse. Maybe there's even current strife and hurt and pain even in that relationship. You know, when we come to the Bible, sometimes we bring all of our baggage with us. And so when we hear something that's really good, we have a hard time believing it and receiving it because we bring so much pain, so much hurt, so much, so much baggage from the past. And so today, we need to understand that God is inviting us into a perfect relationship. What, was it, what, is, what does that even look like? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've never been in a perfect relationship because I've always been in that relationship. And so I, I don't know how that, that works. And so God, sometimes what we have to do is we have to expand our understanding of words and even concepts that God uses to describe himself and the things that he wants us to partake in. And, and one of those huge things that we have to expand our understanding in is love. You see, when God says that he has a perfect love for us, we don't have the, the categories in our mind are not big enough to be able to contain what he has for us. And so he says, look, it's not like a relationship that you're a part of, it's like a relationship that I'm a part of with the Trinity. And what I mean when I say the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
And, and what Jesus said is, as the Father has loved me, in other words, God the Father, as he has loved me, that's how I love you. So what does that love look like? Well, let's look, let's look at the Old Testament. I wanna, I wanna point out some words that, that maybe even for our English language, they don't, they don't do full justice to. And when God says that he loves us, there's a, there's a few words in the Old Testament. I wanna, I wanna just hit on one. There's many words, but I wanna hit on one. In, in, the, in the Hebrew, the word, and I'm probably mispronouncing this, but it's hesed. Hesed. And it's, it's 250 occurrences in the Old Testament. And essentially, it means unfailing love, goodness, mercy. And it's not translatable into English as love. The essence is loving commitment instead of loving affection or feeling. It's not void of affection or feeling, but that's not its basis. You see, when God talks about love, he's talking about a willful decision that he makes on his end, not based on the behavior or the worthiness of the object of his love. Look at the passage in Exodus chapter 34, verse five through seven. You see Moses, who was what we call one of the patriarchs in the Old Testament. He, he was the author of the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's called the law. He's the author. And Moses... He met with God. And when he met with God, he said, God, I want you to reveal your glory to me. You see, because we can't see God in all of his glory or else we would die. Our, 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 literally, our physical frame could not, could not hold up with the amount of glory that God portrays. And so God says, okay, I'll let you see me, but I'm gonna put my hand over you, over the cleft of the mountain where you are, and I'll let you see my back. Strange story. But this is how God chose to reveal himself. Listen to the words that he used. He says, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That word steadfast love is that word said. It's steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. But listen, the way that God revealed himself is he says, I am the God of steadfast love. Do you know what that means? It means that even when the other person is not really lovable, his love doesn't run out. I wanna take you to another passage in the book of Lamentations. And to give you a little bit of context, the people of Israel, God's chosen people, they had rebelled against God for generations, literally for generations. They'd been turning away from God, rebelling against him, prostituting themselves to idols and, and all sorts of other gods, worshiping other gods. And if you think that things are bad today, you should have seen what the people of Israel were doing back then. It was awful. 
The morality was below low. It was, it was buried under the ground. It was awful. And finally, after generation after generation, God says, the result of your actions has to come. And I have to, I have to punish you. I have to cleanse you. And so what happened is they're, in the, they're being exiled to a, to a foreign nation. And they're in the middle of punishment. The city had been destroyed by a foreign invading army. And listen to the way that God is described in the middle of that moment. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It doesn't ever stop. There's no end to the love of God. We're finite beings, and so we can't understand something that is infinite, but God says, my mercies never come to an end. The Bible says where sin increase, grace increase all the more. You can't outsin the grace of God. God's grace is more powerful, and it goes beyond. His mercies never come to an end. So when we think about this relationship that we've been invited into, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me. Wait a second. We already saw how God loved the rebellious people of Israel, how his love was faithful even when they were unfaithful, how his his decision to love them was a commitment and it was bedrock. It wasn't based on just an attraction or anything that they had done. And so what about a relationship where it was Jesus? What about a relationship where the other person was actually perfect? Guys, we're talking about a perfect relationship, unbroken by sin, unbroken by mistrust. There was no fault. There was no, it was totally complete in and of itself. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they could have been fine all by themselves for all of eternity. Not needed a thing, but God. God, he wanted to pour his love out on you on me. I don't even fully understand it. I don't even know why. You know, that. You know. sometimes like, this is me. I'm just talking me, right? You know when you like, you're looking forward to hanging out with like really tight friends, people that you're really close with and, and you show up and you're like looking forward to like really just going deep with them and then, and then there's somebody there that you don't know. You're like, dude, who's that? Maybe you're not like me. Maybe you're more gracious than I am. But I'm, I'm like, man, who invited him? I thought we were like, you know, it was just us, man. What's up? God didn't do that. He's like, no, I want them there. I want them there. Hallelujah. Listen to this quote. The father then is not about sprinkling blessings from afar. And his salvation is not about being kept at a distance, merely pitied and forgiven by our creator. Instead, 
he pours all his blessings out on his son and then sends him that we might share in his glorious fullness. The father so loves that he desires to catch us up into that loving fellowship he enjoys with the son. And that means I can know God as he truly is, as father. In fact, I can know the father as my father. Hallelujah. Have you ever received a gift that was like really nice and you got it? Maybe it was like a, like a piece of clothing or something and it was like super nice and you were like, oh my goodness, this is too nice for me. Anybody ever experienced that before, right? You, you felt that and you're like, yeah, I don't have anything else that's gonna go with this because this is nicer than everything that I own. And, and you get this gift that's like really expensive, really nice, and you're like, oh, I can't even touch it. I can't take it out of the package. I, I, it's gonna just sit in my closet and, and I'm gonna tell people I have it, but I could never wear it. It's too nice. I think that sometimes God, he gives us his love and, and because it's so perfect and because it's so immense and it's so immeasurable, we're like, oh yeah, like I, I'm, I can't roll with that. It's too good. It's just too good for me. Or, or maybe we say, yeah, you know what? Well, once I work for a couple things and once I get a couple things in order, maybe you've, been, you've heard the lie like in your relationship with God, you're like, well, once I get this thing out of my life, then finally I'll be able to you know, really be strong in my relationship with God and I'll be able to experience God's love once I finally get these couple of things out of my life. Well, that's not how it works. The way that things get out of your life that are not supposed to be there is by receiving the love that God provides. It's the other way around. There's something about human nature that constantly wants to earn and be worthy of our placement in our relationship with God, but God says, yo, you can't hang with the Trinity but I allowed you to come in. Based on the merit, based on the reputation of Jesus, you can come in. You can come into a perfect relationship. And it's real. It's real, guys. It's real, you can, you can partake in a perfect relationship. Some of us were looking for so many other things looking for a promotion, looking for, looking for to be somewhere financially so that we could finally have this or that and the other, looking for a relationship that we can finally be satisfied. Look, you're gonna be hard pressed to not find someone trying to sell you love. It's for sale everywhere, but it's all cheap imitation. And God says, I have, I have the perfect love of the Trinity available for you. And this is the crazy thing. It's not like you have to do something to get it. You know what Jesus said? He's like, the people are kept asking and they're like, hey, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? Because that's what we always want to do. We always, what do we need to do? Jesus says, okay, well, the, the work that my, father's re my father requires is to believe in the one that he has sent. Amen. 
So if you want to do work, then believe. That's the work that we do. We believe. We receive by faith. We say, God, if this is a gift that you have for me, then, I, then I'll take it. Some of us, we can't receive because we have, we have baggage that's hindering us. Some of us, there's people that we haven't forgiven. And so because we're holding on to the card of just saying, well, I can't release them. Because if I release them, then justice won't be served. But God just says, listen, just come into my presence. But when you come in, you have to be empty-handed. Because you can't add anything to the Trinity. You can't bring anything. All your righteous deeds, all of our righteous deeds, they're like filthy rags to God. He's not taking you in because you were more special. He's taking you in because Jesus paid for you. So if we have this perfect love, why in the world would Jesus say, remain? Don't leave that relationship. Imagine, you know, you, you have a perfect relationship with someone and they're like, you know, they're like, you know, like it was for me when I, when I started dating my wife, she was way above my, uh, my, my pay grade, way above my capabilities. She's just so much higher class, everything than I was. I can't even describe how good she was compared to me. She was just a lot gooder than me. <laughs> and imagine being in like a perfect relationship and you're like, you know, I just feel like this isn't for me. <laughs> what? That doesn't make any sense, but why would Jesus have to tell us, hey, just stay right there. Stay in that love, that perfect love. Don't go anywhere. Well, I think the reason that he had to tell us this is because there's a lot of distractions in our world. You know, uh, funny story. So while I, was, while I was chasing after my wife, she, she um, didn't see what I saw. So when I was asking my wife out, most of the time, the answer was no. So one of these times, and you're asking, wait, one of these times? Yes, one of these times, I did ask a couple times. One of these times, I, I asked her on a date, and we were at college together, and I said, hey, what are you doing tonight? You know, let's go, let's go hang out, and, and so on and so forth. And she did a lot more homework than I did. Um, and so she's like, no, I have to write a paper tonight. I'm going to be in the library, and I can't, I can't hang out with you. Um, which really was just an excuse. She didn't want to hang out with me. I mean, you know. So I was like, well, okay, fine. So she, she goes to the library and she does her work. And I said, well, you know, let me just, maybe I have some homework to do. So I threw some books in the bag and I went to the library. <laughs> and so I show up and I'm looking around, not for a book, but for her. And I I see her and there's like these desks and she's sitting down on one of these desks and it's got, it's got this barrier um, like so that you could be private, you know, so that someone doesn't bother you. And she's doing her, her work. And on the other side, there was another desk. And so I decided to sit in that desk 
And then, like a creep, I put my, I, I pop my head over the ledge. I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? She looks up and she's like, oh. and I'm like, this place is lame. The atmosphere in here is terrible. I'm like, come on, let's, let's go somewhere else. Let's go study in Starbucks. She's like, this guy is not going to quit. So she finally relented. She went with me. But, you know, to her credit, she didn't see everything that I saw. At the time, you would have thought that I had, you know, some sort of Nazarite vow. And I, because I, I didn't let a razor near, get, get near my head. I, my hair, I, my hair is actually curly when I don't have gel in it. So I had a fro at the time. I had, I had a goatee that was just really unpleasant. And it was the, I, I had uh, dicky pants. Come on. Does anybody know about dicky pants? Okay. I had dicky pants. They were so comfortable. And I told myself, you know, I was a minimalist before that was popular, you know? And, and I told myself, I'm like, I love these pants so much. I don't need any other pants. So I bought three pairs, same color, same kind, everything. And I wore them like every day. And so I was, you know, definitely washing my clothes and changing, but she didn't know that. And I had this army coat. And so I would wear this army coat. And so she's like, this dude has one pair of clothes and he's coming at me like he has something to say. But what she didn't realize is that what she thought that she needed, you know, she, she liked another guy on our floor. Which she, he would have been terrible for her. It was like, he was like, you know, did his homework and was like really into like studying and just, he would have been really bad. So I was like, no, that's, that's not what she needs. And God knew that I was right. And that, yeah, amen, praise the Lord. I'm gonna watch out for lightning because it's, I'm getting deep into this story. So finally, we come to a place where we realize that God put us together because there were things that she was gonna help me with and there was things that I was gonna help her with. And sometimes we reject love because we think we need something else. And the enemy is constantly saying, hey, you know what? You should probably go somewhere else. But here's the command that Jesus gave to his disciples. Remain in my love. Remain in love. Remain in perfect love. That's what God was saying to his disciples. And so when, when the disciples were looking at this, he would, Jesus knew you're gonna get tempted to go somewhere else. You're gonna, be, you're gonna be lured away by the distractions of the world. And it might even be good things that are distracting you. It might even be things that are noble. But if it's not the one thing, then you can't veer away. He was saying, remain in my love. You know, why would we leave something that's perfect? Why would we walk away from something that is unadulterated and pure and healing? 
I think that because oftentimes some of us and some of you in this room, I think that some of you are even saying to yourself right now, well, I already tried that. I want to tell you something. No, you didn't. When people say to me, yeah, but I already tried, you know, I read my Bible and I say, yeah, that's good. And this is an important part. But once you've encountered the love of God, it changes everything. The real love of God. It's not about just coming to church on Sunday. It's not about 30 minutes in the morning with Jesus and then you leave and you forget him the rest of the time. It's about a moment by moment walk with God. You know, sometimes we're looking for, for these microwave solutions when God is like, I am, I, I'm slow, but I'm easy. Sometimes we're looking for lightning in the sky and God is saying, I'm just whispering to you moment by moment. You're looking for something, but you already have possession of it. You don't have to go to the east and to the west. It's in your heart. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I wanna tell you something. You possess, you possess an eternal, perfect love. God is in you. He has invited you into something perfect. And oftentimes there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain. You know, sometimes we build up walls. Some of you, when I talked about those relationships in the past, some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You've been in a relationship and so because of that relationship, you said, man, I was hurt so bad. I'm, I'm gonna build a little wall just to make sure that I don't ever get hurt again. Some of you, you came and you were abused and so you're afraid. You're afraid to open up again because you know that when you open up, that's when you get hurt. But God wants to come in and he wants to say, no, I'm not here to hurt you, I'm here to heal you. I'm not here to berate you for the things that you've done wrong. I'm here to forgive you. I'm here to draw close to you. I don't wanna push you away and I don't wanna shame you. I wanna cover you. I wanna protect you. You know, I, my wife and I, um, my sister lives in Tennessee and so we went out to, uh, to see her and we left our kids with, with her for a couple days and my wife and I were able to get away and we went uh, we were on this hike in Tennessee, and uh, it was just beautiful. You know, the, the rocks and the trees, and there was a river, and so you kind of climb up this river. And, and we got to this one point, it was hot, and, and this river was coming, and it was like a little bit of a waterfall. You know, it was like probably like 10, 12 foot, and it was just, I mean, just amazing. And there was no one around, and so I just jumped in the water, you know? And I was like, man, this is amazing. I'll dry off on the way home, and and I got underneath the waterfall and the water started pouring over me. And the, 
the noise from the water was so loud, I couldn't hear anything else. And the water was coming down and it was coming down. And I got underneath it and it was like heavy. It was, it was coming down on me so heavy, it was like hard, a little bit hard for me to stand up. And so the water was coming down and it felt as if like, you know, like it was like I was being punched. Like it was like coming down, but it didn't hurt. It was like soft. And I'm telling you, Susie will tell you the same thing. I was in that waterfall and I was just there and I just stopped for a second and the presence of God came. And it was like the Lord was saying, this is what I want it to be like. You can't hear anything else. You can't see anything else. All you can do is experience the love that is just pouring over you, that is pouring over you. I want to be a surrounding presence so that you're not unsettled by anything that you see. You're not afraid of anything else. I couldn't hear anything else. I didn't know if Susie was talking to me or not. I couldn't hear anything else. The roar of the waterfall was so loud and the pressure of the water was coming over my eyes and I I, everything else was foggy. But I knew that God was there in that moment. And I believe that God wants to come upon your life and he wants to visit you and he wants to say, listen, there's things on you that I need to wash off. There's things that you're looking at and you're so worried about, but I don't want you to be worried about that anymore. I want you to just close your eyes and receive and remain in the love that I have for you. If you remain, I'll heal you. What does it look like when you get afraid? Don't run away from God. Remain. When things are painful and you're suffering, don't run away, remain. When you're tempted, don't give in, remain. Just look to God's love. Don't beat yourself up for being tempted. Just look to God's love. When you feel like you don't know what to do, just remain, just remember, you don't have to know the answers. You just say, God, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. God wants to touch you. I believe that even in the room and watching online, there's people, God, God wants to touch you today. There's things that need to be broken today. I'm gonna ask you to stand. You know, we came to church because we believe that God is gonna change us. And the Holy Spirit is here right now. And I wanna tell you that God, he wants to heal some of you. Some of you, there's been something that has been, it's been like a boil inside your spirit. Your, the anxiety is overwhelming you. And God wants to bring you peace. And he says, don't worry about what you're worrying about. Just open your heart and receive from me and I'll wash it all away. The thing that you're worried about, it might still be in your peripheral, it might still be surrounding you, but the roar of God's love will surround your ears where you won't hear the attack of the enemy, you won't hear the fears, you won't hear the negative future that the devil wants to tell you that you're gonna have, you won't hear any of that, you'll just say, God, your love for me is present, I don't have to worry about anything else, I just have to remain right here, moment by moment, it's not just reading my Bible in the morning, it's allowing the word of God to be in my mind and in my heart all throughout the day. It's returning to God when I've wandered away, when I've tried to come up with my own solutions, when I've tried to come up with my own answers, when things didn't work out fast enough for me, I ran from the presence, but God wants to say today, return to my love, return to my love. 
close your eyes, lift up your hearts right now. God wants to heal you today. Some of you, you've run from the presence of God. You got distracted. This is not a time to shame. God is not shaming you. He's not saying, oh, I can't believe you did that. He's just saying, hey, just return, return and remain, return and remain. You didn't work for my love in the first place, so you don't have to work to get back into it. I love you because I am love, not because you deserve it. Some of you in the room, there's walls that need to come down. There's things that you've built up and there's places that you've, you've, you've hindered God from coming. You've been afraid. And maybe you've been afraid that God's gonna ask you to do something crazy. Or maybe you've been afraid that, he, that you're gonna get hurt. Maybe you've held on to these things that have protected you for so long. Things that are hurtful to you. Addictions, relationships, things that you've used to protect yourself because it's the only thing that you knew how to do. Jesus is saying today, you don't have to hold on to that anymore. You can let that go because I'm here. I am your good father that's gonna take care of you. Right now, I want you to take that, and the band and the singers, they're gonna begin to sing over us. I want you to open up your hands and your heart towards heaven, and I want you to just begin to just say, Jesus, I let that thing go. Maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe you just need to say, God, I'm just coming back. I'm sorry that I got so distracted. Maybe it's just beginning to walk with him again. Maybe it's just saying, God, I want you to be with me. Right now, just let it go. Let it go in the name of Jesus.